Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, and this morning, um, we just want to not uh, forsake coming together as the body of Christ to take his body, to have it come into our body by faith, Jesus, and his, his life, his spirit comes into us, connects with us. We need that connection. We need that connection. Chris and I were talking about it this morning that there are certain things that connect us. Koinonia means connection. Koinonia is the word that they used when they talk about communion. And it's the one thing, like, we were talking about the connections of God, how we connect with him. With last night, we were talking about worship and how really the only way that our worship, we express it through our song or our clap or our dance or our instruments, but it's our spirit that connects with the spirit of Jesus, that connects with the Holy Spirit and Father God. Communion is one of the ways that we connect because he told us that we must do this. And if we don't do this by faith, by faith, because you can sit and drink your cup and eat your wafer and it means nothing if you are not saying, God, I want to connect with you. I want to connect with you. Amen, Ali. And I saw a movie one time. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Do you remember, Chris? Do you remember? <laughs> the one about communion. It was about missionaries that went over to China when China was... Well, it is bad now, too. <laughs> but it was under... You want to go to China? You want to be a missionary? Tell them about Jesus? Okay. And eat Chinese food. <laughs> so, anyway, they, they were in China. And I'll think of the name of it because you should all watch it. It's a wonderful... Well, it's... It's a very intense movie uh, because they were tortured by the Chinese. The Christians were tortured by the Chinese, just killed and tortured horrifically. 
And you know, it's amazing how they stood their ground when it came to the torture, like when it came to the hard times. And you'll, you'll see in your own life, like we're riding on this American cloud of prosperity, you know, ups and downs, television games, fun sports. But when things get rough, that's when our faith will rise up stronger because we'll need it. And he's saying now, prepare now. Prepare now. Get in connection with me. And uh, in the movie, they, they, you know, they didn't have, they were being sought out. They were being hunted down like animals, the Christian believers in China, to be killed, to be tortured, to be used as examples and they would run and they would hide and they would just like anything that they could touch or see that had to do with God they it was like life to them it was like they were starving to death and when they heard Jesus that's all they needed they needed the cross they needed him and in one of the scenes it shows where the priest had come over the and they had brought the Eucharist, which is the name for the communion in the Catholic Church. And they were administering it to the, to the Chinese people in this little hut that was like an abandoned hut hidden in the, you know, woods or fields. And these people, they were so desperate. And by faith... Like, that's when your faith doesn't have an option. Like, your faith at that point is going to be so strong because God will rise up in you if you connect with him, if you do this simple step. This is something we can't do differently. We can't be good enough to take communion because his blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. We can't be, we can't say it in a certain way other than read the scripture because that's living and sharper than a two-edged sword. And you read that and that is going to cut into your heart and your muscle or it's going to go through your muscle and your tendons and it's go right to your heart. That's what Jesus does. That's, Jesus is the word. It says it. He's the word, Jesus. And he'll come and he'll, he'll connect with you through every word that you read. And when you take communion, there's nothing you can do. There's not a magic potion. No priest, no minister, no magician, no anybody can do anything to transform this wine or grape juice or orange juice or water into the blood of Jesus. But you know what does? Jesus does. That's what Jesus does. And all we have to do is by faith. We don't even have to generate our faith. We just have, because faith is a gift. It's a gift. And so we say, Jesus, say it with me, Jesus. Can you give me faith? Can you give me faith faith this morning? And by faith, 
when we partake of the blood and the body, the word says it. The word. Who's the word? Jesus. Who's this? Is this the word? Right? It's Jesus. This is the words of Jesus. And that's why it says it is alive. So we, we do these things for connection, to connect our spirit. When we worship, we connect with God. When we pray, we connect with God. He says you, the day is coming and it is now when you, my people will worship me in spirit and in truth. You know what that means? He says don't go into the church and pat your back and say, oh, I am, I am saved. There's nothing wrong with saying that. <laughs> but if you say it like, I'm saved, like, the, like in Jesus' day, the Pharisees and the scribes who had been taught and trained and they knew the scriptures of the Old Testament, and so they thought that they were the ones. But you know what Jesus said to them? You brood of vipers. Your father is the devil. It's not what we know. There's people who could quote scripture from here to tomorrow. But God says, I don't want that. I want your heart. So again, it's not bad to memorize scripture. It's wonderful. But if we're doing it to boast about it, to brag about it, then no, that's not what the Lord wants. That's why he has created certain things like communion. Nothing we can do but partake and say, God, give me the faith. Give me the faith. That's all you have to say. And you come before him humbly in truth. And because what does it say? The opposite of the one coming in to pray and is, oh, I'm a Christian is the one that beats his chest and says, I'm a sinner. And that's what we all say here today. I'm a sinner. I'm saved by grace. I'm a sinner. Let's say I'm a sinner. sinner. Saved by grace. grace. So this morning, we're we're just going to take this by faith, and we're going to thank him. And the one thing I think that like I'd like you to do is just close your eyes for a minute close your eyes and I just want you to think of a couple things in the past year that you're thankful for it could be your whole life think of a few things that you're thankful for and just thank him enter into his gates with thanksgiving and so Lord we thank you we thank you we thank you for your hand on each person here. We thank you for the faith that you will give us, even if we don't feel it, even if we don't understand it, we just ask because you say we have not because we ask not. So if we ask, you will give us, it says, freely. He will give us faith freely. So we're just going to lift up this wafer together and we are going to thank you lord we're going to thank you thank you for our blessings thank you for our family thank you for our friends 
be with each one today. And if any of them are broken, if any of them have brokenness, heal them, Lord, as we break your body, as this wafer represents by faith the body that was broken for us. We pray it also for our family, our friends, our neighbors, our loved ones. God, we pray for your healing to come. Miracle signs and wonders as your Holy Spirit comes on the church and on all flesh. So let's break this wafer together and say thank you, Lord. And let's partake. Let's lift up the cup. He, lit, he, he gave his disciples the cup, and he said, take this and share it among yourself. We are your body, Jesus. We are your church, and we're here, Lord, because of your sacrifice. You redeemed us by the blood that you shed on Calvary's tree. So we partake together in thanksgiving. You know, if you can't think of anything to be thankful for, think of that. Think of Jesus and what he's done for us. Let's partake. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And we just... Pray for each person, Lord, by faith, as we have come before you and remembered you as you have told us, that you would do miracles and signs and wonders in our hearts, our minds, our bodies, our spirit, Lord. And if you agree, let's all say amen. Amen? Thank you, Lord. We're going to take up an offering. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, I just thank you and praise you for this day. I thank you, Lord God, for the tithes and offerings that you're bringing into this place. Lord, you never cease to amaze us, and you never cease, Lord God, to fail us, because you're always there and you're always faithful. Lord God, I pray that we would be faithful back to you, Lord God, in our giving and our tithes, and I just pray... Lord God, that you would just bless us, bless each one of us, bless the work of the hands, of our hands, Lord Jesus. Bless this church and all those that are here, and bless those that couldn't be here today, Lord God. I just pray that you would be with them. I pray, Lord God, that you would uh, uh, just be with us today as we come to worship you and to read your word and to uh, just gather together. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Okay, boys, you got to settle down now, okay? <clears throat>
I'd like to just let you guys know that men, the light in the bathroom works now, thanks to Joe. Thank you, Joe. Don't have to use your cell phone anymore. Amen. Has a light. So it's working. He was down here working yesterday. He did many other things yesterday. And we thank him. So, Lord, I just pray, Lord, over your word. That, Lord, it would sink into our hearts. Lord, everything that's of you and anything that's not of you, Lord God, I pray that it would just fly away. And I pray that you would open our eyes to see and our ears to hear and our minds to receive what you have for us this day, today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And all the boys said? Amen. Amen. All the girls said? Amen. So just this morning, Julie and I were uh, talking before church, as we always do. (laughs) But she said to me this morning that she left some hydrangeas out on the counter. And she was trying a new technique of pounding the stems to soften the stems. And I've actually seen our daughter, Anna, do this before with other plants that have a really hard stem to them. And they do that this technique is to soften those stems so that those plants can drink water and live, right? Because if you cut a flower, right, and if it's not a nice fresh cut and you put it in a vase, then it's not going to drink the water and the flower is going to die quickly. But if you give it a nice fresh cut, you put it in, then the flower is going to absorb the water, it's going to drink the water, and it's going to help it live longer. I couldn't help but think of a scripture when she was talking to me about this. And i got to be careful because she picked up my Bible and my markers are out. So if you got your Bibles, you can open up to Hebrews chapter 3. Verses 7. <clears throat> verse 7, we're going to read verse 7 through 11. It says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion of the day of testing in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested me, tried me, and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore I was provoked to anger with that generation and said, They always go astray in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my anger they will never enter my rest. Do not harden your hearts, You know, I was always amazed at this, that for 40 years, as the whole tribe of Israel, millions of people, they say there was a a million men, so you think about a million men, how many wives and children, they only counted the men, but they had to have wives and children with them, so there had to be a pretty good-sized multitude of people, but for 40 years... They were in the wilderness. They saw God as a pillar of fire. 
at night, a pillar of smoke by day. They just saw all the plagues of Egypt as they were in Egypt that happened to the Egyptians. Right? They, they walked, they God parted the Red Sea so they can walk through the middle of the sea. They saw manna fall from heaven. <laughs> they saw quail fall from heaven. They saw God split a rock and bring water when the waters were bitter. They saw God do all these miracles. They saw God ascend on the mountain of Sinai and shook the whole mountain. And they were so afraid that they said, no, we better not go, Moses. Why don't you go instead for us? They saw all these things happen. And still, they hardened their hearts to God. I'm always amazed at that. And then I think of myself, and I think of the days that we're living in, and how we have to guard our hearts. We have to keep our hearts from being hardened. Amen? Amen? I'm going to go off my notes because as I'm speaking this, I'm thinking how we have to take like pruners to the stems of the roses, to the hydrangeas, not roses, but hydrangeas, which have really hard stems to soften them, pliable, to drink from the water which gives it life. How much more do we need to peel back the hardness of our own hearts so that we can drink from the true rivers of living water that flow from the throne of God. Just like those hydrangea stems, we too need to guard our hearts to keep it soft because if it's hard, it's not going to be able to drink from the life-giving word of God or the life-giving waters. You know, in the scriptures, it talks of the Holy Spirit of being water, a living water. It talks about the Holy Spirit being a fire. An all-consuming fire. Jesus once told his disciples, he goes, I wish that this whole world was on fire. And I understand now what he was saying about it because that fire is a refining fire. It's going to take everything of this world that's in it, that's in us, and it's going to consume it. I don't know about you, I've been around many bonfires and it consumes wood to nothing. I mean, you can throw a lot of things in a fire and you can make them disappear quick, right? You can. It's all consuming. But what's left in us is more pure than gold and it's worth more than many sparrows, the Bible says. It's a refining. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need God's living waters flowing through us in order for us to sustain simple life. And we're going to need it even more and more. 
as these days are approaching. We need more and more to drink from the living waters that flow, flow from the throne of God right to our hearts. And how you drink from those living waters is you get in His Word. You drink up His Word. You absorb His Word like a sponge. You know, a good example of a sponge. You take a hard, dry old sponge, right? And you put that hard, dry old sponge over an area of water that you need to clean up. Well, it's not really going to absorb it really well, is it? It doesn't. You got to get that sponge wet and soften it and then squeeze the water out and then put that sponge over. You try this at home, you put that sponge over a pool of water and you see how fast all of a sudden that sponge will absorb all that water. It's amazing. You know? That's like our hearts. We have to keep our hearts softened by the Holy Spirit, by the living waters in us so that we can absorb everything God has for us, so that we can hear what God has for us, so we can see what God has for us, so we can get it in our hearts. Because once we get it in our hearts, and we believe it, and we don't disbelieve it, then we'll live it, because out of the heart flows through the mouth what's in it. Amen? And we need to be flowing with living waters, because we need to be reaching the lost. We need to be reaching our friends and families that are lost, you know. But we need to be filled first. You know, a lot of our problems is we just lack the Word. We lack the knowledge of the Word. We need to all absorb more of the knowledge of the Word in us, and we need to, we need to get into a a practice of a prayer life, right? A prayer life, a worship life, a reading of the word life to be fed. You know, Jesus said we need it three times a day. The word three times a day. How many here are reading the word three times a day? None of us. None of us are. You know, three times a day, like morning, noon, and night. We're coming to a point in our lives where we need the word of God like that. You know, we're coming to the point in our lives and the points of history where we need to read the word like that, where we're going to be desperate for God's help. Right. Amen. We need that. We need that. We need to be filled and we need to be softened. Our hearts need to be softened. You know, we have to watch our Christian lives. Like a hawk. We do. You know, first we have to die to ourselves. We have to be a light on a hill. We have to watch every word that we say, right? So we might not offend anybody. But I'm going to tell you what, the gospel is pretty offensive to some people. It's going to be. You're going to offend some people. I had this talk yesterday. You know, my wife and I did. The gospel is offensive for those people that are in sin. But it's also a light for those people that are in sin that are in darkness. You know, and sometimes you're going to say something that's going to offend them. 
But what you don't want to do is you don't want to ever belittle anybody or degrade anybody. You want to love them. You know, you got, you know, we share the gospel because we love, love them because we don't want to see them lost. That's why we share. That's the most important thing is to give Jesus to somebody. I've said it a million times here in this church. I'll say it again. The greatest gift I can give my kids is not an inheritance of this world. It's not any of my possessions. It's giving them Jesus and knowing Jesus and knowing that they know Jesus because it's their eternity that matters. It's not what matters here on this earth in this short time that we're here. And it doesn't matter what we have because we're not. we came into this world naked and we're going out of this world naked. Amen? So don't get attached to your personal belongings. You know, they're going to get passed down to somebody else sometime, somewhere. You know, even this whole place is going to be passed on to somebody else. But it's all God's. We just plant seeds and we pray. But our lives are very burdensome at times. And in those burden times, burdening times, our hearts get a little calloused. Right? We might get upset with somebody. Well, there's a layer of callousness on your heart. We might not agree with that person or hold on forgiveness toward that person. Well, there's a layer of callousness that goes over our hearts. That's why we have to guard our hearts. We have to, you know, we've been saying this, and it's funny because I'm using it in my sermon. But we have to be so pliable and soft and so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that so when God says whenever... With whoever that he calls us to, and whenever he wants to use us, that we're available. So it's whatever, whoever, and whenever. And you know, it just sounds like a lot of work and responsibility, and it sounds like it's a yoke or a burden that's coming on, but it's really not. You know, it's really a joy. To be able to share, you know, and it's really so much more rewarding of a life to be being able to be used by God and giving him all this glory and being thankful. Thankfulness is huge. You have a thankful heart, a joyful heart. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. Be thankful in all things and through all things. Be thankful. Give praise and honor to God. You know, our enemy wants it to sound like, oh, it's a lot of work. You've got to do a lot, it's a lot of, you know, it's more things to do to my to-do list. Right? We get so wrapped up, don't we, in our to-do list. In our daily, our daily to- chores that we all lose sight of the big picture. You know? We all get wrapped up in all these things that we lose sight of the big picture. And the enemy doesn't want you thinking of your future. 
He wants you thinking of your moments and all your to-dos and everything else that you got to do. And that way he keeps the calloused heart calloused. Because I'm going to tell you what, your to-do list never stops. (laughs) It just gets bigger. It just gets bigger. Right? We don't need to worry about today or tomorrow because... Because today has enough worries of its own, the scriptures say. Don't worry about it. Don't let the enemy rob you of your joy. Don't let our hearts get burdened or wearied or anxious. You know, how many of us get anxious? Be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and supplication... Make your request known to God. This is your sensible and um, reasonable act of worship. Right? Don't be anxious for anything. You know what the cure is for anxiousness? Prayer. Stop. Pray. Right? You know, I couldn't help when I was writing all of this. I was thinking about Martha and Mary. You know, you read the story of Martha and Mary. It's in Luke chapter 10. This is so much like most of us here. I'm going to tell you, we're all like Martha's. That's right, I called you men a Martha. (laughs) I'm like a Martha too. Luke chapter 10, verses 38. I'm going to read to uh, verse 42. He said, While they were traveling, he entered the village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he had to say. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. And she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has let me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. (laughs) The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, Martha. You are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice and it will not be taken away from her. What I found interesting in this story was that Martha was distracted. And then I thought, oh, I'm in trouble. You know, Lord, you're speaking right to me right now. Because I can tell you, I don't know how many times I have sat in a meeting at work And have been distracted by something. Right? Sat there and I have been distracted. Almost like a dog that sees a squirrel. You know, is what they say. And Jordan said, oh, there's a squirrel. There's a squirrel. You know, I'm sorry I mentioned your name, Jordan. (laughs) But it's true. Because like both of us, it'll be like, we know it and we see it. And we're like, oh my gosh. I got to focus here. I got to stay focused. Right? 
It's the enemy that brings the distractions. That gets us off our focusedness of Jesus. Just like Martha. She was distracted with her to-dos. But Mary was at the foot of Jesus focusing in on him. And just spending time with him. I don't know. I can't tell you how many times I'll get home and I want to get in the word of God. It's all in my heart to sit down and read the word. And then a distraction will come up. I got to go feed the horses. I got to go take care of the goats. I got to go do this. And I have to do those things. They are things I have to do. Right. They can't be done on their own. Right. But. I have to do them, but then something else will come up. You know, all these distractions, and pretty soon, I'm exhausted, and it's time to go to bed. And it's like, I didn't even read the Word. I had all intentions, and I, I'm thinking, I got all the time in the world to sit down tonight, open my Scripture up, and read the Word, and just spend some time alone with Jesus. Well, Everything that opposes that comes against me at that time, which is the devil, to keep me from getting into the living waters, to keep me from getting into God's word, to sit down, and then I'll make every excuse. <laughs> I'm just being real. You know, oh, I got busy doing this. I got doing this. I had to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. Right? And it keeps us from that time, of that precious time of being at the feet of Jesus, just like Mary, you know. So all these distractions, all these things, all these things that I think are burdens from us, what do they do? They rob our joy, they callous our hearts, they keep us from the goal, which Paul says, I'm running the race, that keeps us from that finish line that God has for us. That keeps us from growing as a person in Christ Jesus. It keeps our spiritual lives dormant because that's where the devil wants to keep you is right where you're at. He doesn't want you to progress. He doesn't want, he wants to keep you in that cycle over and over again. You know, I don't know how many times I can get up and I can tell you what I'm going to do in the morning, in the afternoon, and then back at night. And it's like a routine every day. And some routines are good. You know, if you got add the word in there in the morning when I get up and pray. Add the word at lunch when I'm sitting down for my half hour lunch break. Maybe I can maybe that's the time I get into my little Bible app and read my daily verse and meditate on it. Or how about when we're sitting down at a supper table, spending some time with devotions with the kids, reading your word and praying before you eat. You know, and then before you go to bed, prayer. Pray. Read the word again. You know, we can, we can do this. It can be done. It's not impossible. Because we make time for everything else. We need to make time for God. And if you know, you're a busy person like me, maybe you need to write it down in your calendar. And then if you do it for 21 days, guess what? It becomes a habit. Right? And then that's a good habit. Because you're building yourself, you're building your spirit man, you're getting a knowledge of the Word of God, so that when you come out and you get confronted about why you're so happy or, 
or what's that glow or, or what's, you know, there's something about you. And you'll be able to speak something out of your heart that you've put in your heart from the Word of God that might affect somebody else's lives and they might turn to Jesus. Amen. You'll be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We all would be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Because we'd have that living water through us. Right? And it'll be flowing. And that's what we're doing. We'll be flowing with the Holy Spirit. That's what we all want to do. Right? We want to be flowing into the Holy Spirit. We want to be working with the Holy Spirit hand in hand, letting Him lead us. Letting him speak to us, letting him guide us, you know, because some our lives depend on it. And there's literally been testimonies of people's lives depending on listening to the word of God, where like this one guy up in Canada somewhere stopped before a bridge. Because the Lord told him to stop and stop everybody, stop all traffic. Before he was going across this bridge big old bridge and he stopped the traffic he obeyed God and guess what happened five minutes later the bridge collapsed they could have all been on the bridge and died but God saved them because of one man's obedience that's how sensitive we need to be to the Holy Spirit that's a true story and there's many other stories like that you know I've heard of stories of these guys that go out in the front lines that are out there rescuing people like Victor Marx and the um, Burma Rangers. A story of the Burma Rangers. This guy goes into these battlefields, like they're, I think they're over in Palestine right now or Israel. I know they've been over to Israel. And what they are is a Christian organization group that they go in and they rescue people that are wounded on the battlefield. And they try to help the civilians. And they try to pull these civilians out that are in these war zones. And war's going on all around them. I mean, they got flak jackets on. They got helmets on. I mean, they have weapons. I mean, they're, they're, they're smart. They're no dummies. But they go into these places and they're trying to pull people out and bring them and get them help. You know, get them to the hospital if they're wounded or injured. Get them out of there so they don't get shot, shelled, or, you know, bombed. And this one guy, Burma Ranger commander, was coming up and there was a concrete wall and there was a Humvee and these guys were engaging the enemy and there was, they were getting shot at, right? And he, he comes up, there's a, um, somebody they had to rescue that was out there and they were running up through all this gunfire and everything and the Lord tells them to stop, Right? And he went to peek around the corner of this like concrete barrier where the Humvee was. All of a sudden, boom, the Humvee explodes. And a shrapnel round hits him in the hand. And it spins him all the way around. And, and everybody that was watching it through the battlefield thought everybody was just dead. Because all they could see was smoke. And the Lord told him, he goes, I told you to stop back there. That's how... That's how sensitive we need to be to the Holy Spirit. But he peeked around the corner. He like took an extra step. And he got a piece of strap around in his hand. But he also, they all thought he was dead. Everybody in the Humvee was like, 
bad. And he picked up a guy from the Humvee, one of the soldiers there, picked him up and threw him over his shoulder. And he said, the people that were there with him, it was Victor Marks, said that he looked like one of those TV war movie shows where this guy's carrying another guy out and there's nothing but all this smoke. He's like walks out of the smoke and they're just all amazed and they're all like praising the Lord and shouting to God. But that's how sensitive we need to be to the Holy Spirit. We're going we're gonna to need to rely on him in these coming days more than ever before. You know, that guy was sensitive. They, they read their word, they pray, they go out and they do all these missions. You know, you don't, you don't hear about them unless you actually, you know, look them up. They're not going to be, you know, on the front page news, you know. What's that? Oh, they, they have all the same struggles we have. They have, I mean, everyone has a struggle. There's nobody that doesn't have struggles. You know, we all have our struggles that we are in our own lives that we've got to work through, you know. But when we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, God's a gentleman. He'll lead you through those struggles. You know, he's, he's, he'll help you through those things. He is a tender, loving God who sent his son Jesus who died for us. And if you think about that, we just take communion. You know, we got Easter coming up. You have a God that sent his only son and he sacrificed him. And he watched the whole thing happen. And you might think that that is horrific, but that was what needed to be done for all of God's children, which we are all of God's children in his creation. He needed a perfect and spotless lamb. And that perfect and spotless lamb is Jesus. And Jesus went to the cross. He knew what his mission was. He knew his calling. He knew what he had to do. And he knew that this life, there was more than what we just see. You know, Jesus was in heaven. Jesus was at the beginning of creation, you know, with God the Father. Jesus was with Israel through all the battles, you know. They called him the commander. You know, when Joshua saw him, who are you? I'm the commander of God's armies. Well, that's Jesus, you know. Jesus was there. He knew that this life, this shell that we live in, there was so much more to life than this, just this shell. For, for him to go to the cross was amazing because he knew he was going to be raised again. And he told his disciples that. That's what also is amazing. He told his disciples when they walked with him for the three years, Many times that the Son of Man is going to be lifted up and in three days he's going to be raised from the grave. You know, this is going to happen, you know. But in their worldly minds, they didn't understand it at the time. But anyways, we have to have soft hearts. We have to be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You know, we have to be ready and willing to do whatever God calls us to do whenever, wherever, and with whoever. Amen? Amen? Because it's life depends on it. Our lives depend on it. Our very lives. And it's not just our, I mean, our lives here, but our spiritual lives. All our hope is in Jesus. All of our faith is in what Jesus has done. You know, everything. It all hinges on what Jesus did. Amen?
Proverbs 4, 20, 27. I'll close with that because I know we're getting late and I'm all over my sermon. Proverbs 4, 20 through 27. It says, My son, pay attention to my words. And he's talking about the Bible. Solomon is. My son, pay attention to my words. Listen closely to my sayings. Do not lose sight of them. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one whole's body. Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Don't let your mouth speak dishonestly, and don't let your lips talk divisively. Let your eyes look forward. Fix your gaze straight ahead. Carefully consider the path for your feet, and all your ways will be established. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Keep your feet far from evil. Amen? Amen. Don't let them out of your sight. Don't let God's word out of your sight. Don't let your hearts be hardened. Guard your hearts, because out of it comes life. Amen? And we need to fill it with the life of God's word. For they are life to those who find them, and health to one whole body. So, Father, I just thank you and praise you, Lord God, for today, for your reading of your word. I pray that you would let it speak to us, Lord God. I pray that, Lord, that you would, Lord, I feel like a sermon was all over the place, Lord God. But, Lord, I just entrust it in your hands that you would speak to each one of us individually here. Lord God, I know there's something in there for each one of us to hear. Lord God, I pray that, Lord, it would be magnified in our hearts. Lord God, and I just thank you for each person today. I pray that you would bless them, Lord God, and I pray that you would use them mightily for your kingdom and help us to keep our hearts tender and soft to you, to your word. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.